Grab your hard seltzer, a glass of wine, or a shot of tequila. It's time for Girl Talk. Let's get real. Honestly, I feel sorry for all the people that aren't our friends, that don't have us in their life. Like, that must be really sad for them. That's true. It must be. And and maybe they just don't even realize how sad they are because they don't fully understand what they're missing. Oh, but that's true. It's, it's, it's an experience. Like mm. the diva experience. Ooh, it is. That could be like a show in Vegas, don't you think? The diva it, experience. It could. I feel like it's a little X-rated. No. Well, <laughs> I mean, that is me? Vegas would be the place for that. No, but I mean, if we're gonna have an X-rated diva experience, I guess yeah. Vegas would be the place for it. Yeah. I mean, we're 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 raunchy we're okay i'll say nc17 i'm not saying like x-rated because but like nc17 like, yeah, yeah 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 don't yeah, bring your fucking kids like, to listen to us plus yeah. who brings kids to vegas oh well you know i shouldn't say that there are a lot of people who bring their kids to vegas so i'm not going to judge on that i <laughs> yeah. personally i mean don't you do you think it's yeah 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 no i i don't it's think it's a i would do Right. I there's yeah. Yeah, I get there's Cirque du Soleil, but there's Cirque du Soleil anywhere. Like I Vegas is definitely yeah. I mean they, there's a reason why they call it Sin City. Like it is it is a it is a playground for adults. And quite frankly, because I'm the outspoken one and, and usually have the, the shitty comments anyways, I'll just stay true to myself because that's <laughs> who I am. Um I don't want to be in a fucking adult playground and have to watch my mouth or watch, be embarrassed or be uncomfortable because you brought your fucking kid to an adult playground. I'm sorry, but that's just how I feel. Now, if I'm, if I'm at Disney world or if I'm at a family function, then yes, I should watch my mouth and I should be careful and all of that. But it's like, it's like that time that all of us went to go see, I don't know if you went with us. Did you go with us when, when the whole crew, all the women went and saw bridesmaids in, in Michigan? No, no. I think that was during our little spat. So I probably wasn't invited because I was on the shit list. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I saw that little dig. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I'm serious that because I was not there. So well, that it, would be why. <laughs> it was like all of us went and it's bridesmaids, right? It's the female version of the hangover. We all knew going uh, yeah. in that it was going to be a dirty ass show. It the, the very first right. scene is dirty, but it's a great movie. But this fucking woman. And her friends all brought their, I think the youngest one was probably five. They all brought their kids. And I had to sit with this. they have no idea what it was about? No, they fucking knew. They're just those kind of moms that don't care. And yeah, I'm judging. Come at me. Like, I don't, like, don't bring your kid (laughs) to this kind of movie. And then I was uncomfortable because, you know, it starts with a major sex scene. And it's hilarious, yeah. but, and here's this, you know, 10 year old little boy behind me. And I it instantly was embarrassed for the kid. 
And I was like, I can't even no enjoy kidding. this because I've got all, I've got literally seven kids behind me. Probably the oldest one was 12 and the youngest one was five. And Oh these, Lord. Yeah. These those two mothers. No place at bridesmaids. Yeah. No, these, these two mothers are just like, enjoying themselves I, like how can you take your kid to that and why and plus we went to the late one like it wasn't over till after midnight oh, lord and these kids are there oh and my yeah I, no i'm i'm judging the hell out of that mom i don't give a shit yes i'm judging the hell out of that mom come at me bitch yeah that was a that was a bad call that was a bad call it was I a terrible call would, uh, like yeah watch it and, at home if you want your kid if you don't care watch it at home don't fuck up my adult moment if I'm in an adult situation, right. I don't want your bratty ass fucking kid there, or I don't want to be embarrassed because your kid's there. I yeah, I would have been like that in the past, but I think nowadays, I, like when I was in Vegas last year, I didn't give a fuck if there were kids there. I'm like, you want to bring your kid on Fremont Street? Yeah. Then, sorry, I'm not filtering my mouth or what I'm drinking or yeah. anything. Nope. You brought your kid down here. That's on you. Yeah, no, I fully, I fully agree. But of course, yeah, you know, I'd be the one that would drop an F bomb and be like, oh, I'm sorry, there's a kid right there. And what I should say is, no, you should have your fucking kid here. But right, you know, right. You know, it goes along with the topic yeah. today, the fucking people pleaser. So fuck off. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so true. We just walked right into it. Yeah. Our segues the last couple of episodes have been so natural. I think yeah, we're just yeah. like, yeah, we're just well, like that's... walking right into it without even realizing it. I like it. I like it. That's because we're amazing. So, well, I mean, basically, we can wrap, we can peg the segues like there's no tomorrow. Oh, I mean, that is not where well, I thought that was going. <laughs> Oh my gosh! It never takes you more than ten minutes to take it somewhere sexual. You said, you said we can wrap. I think, I think we it's can like eight I, was, I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, we're just gonna lay that shit out there." Yeah, there, I, I was definitely not going from zero to sixty. I guess that would be zero to a hundred. Actually, that that goes right by sixty. <laughs> That was what That's you really like doing, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> I wrap and peg. Oh my gosh! You know there are other meanings for that word. <laughs> You're such a pervert! Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, so okay, back to the unedited part. Yeah, episode twenty-six, Cheryl. What are you drinking? I am drinking a beer from a brewery here in, um, it's in Tempe, so right outside of Phoenix, called Four Peaks Brewery, and fall is my favorite time of the year because, as you know, I'm a beer drinker, and they have a beer called Pumpkin Porter, which is absolutely delicious. It's been one of my favorites since uh, since living over here in the Phoenix area. And so I'm taking advantage of it while it is in season. Oh, what about you? I am drinking my one of my favorite drinks of all time. And that is Lone River's Ranch Water, but the spicy. Oh, oh yeah, you do like that one. 
Spicy ranch water from Lone River, man. I I can't get enough of it. It is so good. So good. A little you bit. You had of me try it once when uh, when you still lived in um, in the Dallas area, and mm -hmm. it was really good. I liked it. Yes, it's it's like a it's like a spicy, you know, jalapeno margarita. It kind of has that uh -huh. same like jalapeno background, and then you mix you take the the rim and put a little tahini and. Oh, so good so so good does it have notes of tahini um it has it has a hint uh, a taste of lime and jalapeno with a hint of aguave nectar and notes Ooh. of tahini notes of tahini I, I think that should be an expression this has notes of tahini it just should be a thing if, if somebody's like a little bit spicy be like ooh, she got ooh. notes of tahini she got notes of tahini. <laughs> it's an eloquent way to be like, she a feisty motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, it's, I, I absolutely love the spicy ranch water. I, um, I liked it too when I tried it at your house. And it reminded me of um, combining your drink and my drink. Voodoo Ranger has an atomic pumpkin out this fall, which uh -huh. is pumpkin and spice. But it's not spice like cinnamon. It's spice like, uh, I, I honestly haven't looked at the ingredient to see which pepper it is. But it's something like spicy, spicy like that. Oh, and okay. it is so good. So good. Okay. So now, yeah. now we're... Um... Now we're turning our beer into basic, basic white girl fall. Okay. All right. It's not that kind of spice are you, though. It's are you wearing, are you wearing Uggs when you drink it and you got a little um, scarf? With my there? Lululemon <laughs> leggings. Thank you very much. And my vest. And, um, and you're visiting the pumpkin oh, patch. The flannel under the vest and yes. the pumpkin patch. And, um, <laughs> What else yeah. what are we missing? What else is basic white girl fall? I think that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You All of the above. <laughs> I am your basic white girl. <laughs> just in beer instead of Starbucks. <laughs> if, if basic white girl were a drunk divorce diva. <laughs> <laughs> Do those even go together? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Okay. For us, yes. Yes. They, <laughs> yes, they do. If they involve alcohol, then <clears throat> this is facts. Yes. Episode 26. Today we are discussing a topic that I just discussed on Deep Thoughts with the Diva recently, and that is that toxic, filterless asshole of a friend who <laughs> says anything that they want to say without any regards to your feelings whatsoever and why we allow it for so long. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is such a deep question. Like it, it's funny and ludicrous and seems like such an easy answer, but it's actually so deep when you think about it, because why do we allow, why, why are we okay with that kind of shit? You know? Yeah. Why don't we just be like, dude, you can't say that shit. Period. Right. right. And we'll get, we'll get to later, like what maybe we're afraid of, but right. 
Uh, first, you know, I think we should just like give examples of things that we both of us know about so that we can kind of, number one, I want the listener because I, I know listeners are going to be like, oh, I don't, I don't know that I have a friend like that or, you know, <laughs> and I want the listener to, to hear examples and to relate to the point where you really start thinking about, oh, I actually do have a friend like that and I actually do yeah. allow that kind of behavior and talk around me. And, and so I think once, once the examples start coming out, I, I like, I really want to push our listeners to, to stand up for yourself and to end this type of behavior. Um, you're worth more than that in, in, in our opinion. So um, the, to kind of give you an idea of what we're talking about, um, Cheryl and I were talking and coming up with, you know, different examples. And I, I want you all to keep in mind that we're guilty of this as well. Like this is something that, that even we struggle with. It, it, even oh, me, man. as as vocal as I am and as outspoken as I am, I still allow people in my life and I, I, I'm yet, I've yet to understand it. Um, and we'll, we'll discuss that later, but I allow people in my life to say shit in my presence that hits home to me, that actually offends me. Mm -hmm. And the, and, and I allow it to happen to the point where that person's comfortable offending yeah. me. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I think most of us are guilty of it. I can safely say that out of my 50 years on this planet, I, I can't really speak for my childhood. So let's go with my 30 years of adulthood out of those 30 years, I would say <laughs> that 20 to 25 of them were spent people pleasing and not standing up when people would say shit around me that I didn't agree with. I would just kind of think in my head like, Oh, well, that's a shitty thing to say. Like, I don't yeah. like that, but I wouldn't stand up for it because we're at least our generation. I think it's changing, but at least in our generation, we were taught, you know, to, to it's better to be seen and not heard, like be quiet and don't speak your mind and, and, be a good girl. And yeah. so we weren't necessarily raised in our generation to say, Hey, like you can't say that. Now I definitely see both of my daughters do that. And, you know, multiple people, people in that generation that are um, not afraid to put their foot down. So I see that definitely changing, but in our generation, we were raised not to rock the boat. But see, I, I, I even see that with people in like, I, I have friends our age that are like that, that how can I put this? I don't know that it's generational because I see the offensive type of friend in every generation. Uh -huh. And I see the kind of allowing it, you know, I don't want to say doormat necessarily, but those, those like you and I, that, allow that person to be offensive in every generation. Like I, I even see it among, you know, our daughter's generations. Like I, huh. I don't know that it's ge generational. I think more people, I think this generation uh, of Gen Zers are definitely more outspoken. Mm -hmm. I will, I will definitely agree with that. But I, at the same time, 
I see them do it with their friends. Like I, I've seen examples where they allow certain speech around them and they just go, eh, well, that's just that person. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So I, th I think it, I think it may, and you know what, maybe, maybe let's ask you, you pull your daughters and I'll pull mine and let's see if they, let's ask them if they have a friend that is like that. Yeah. And that they and, and ask them if they do speak up or if they just go, eh, it's, it's just yeah. that person. And I just, you know, it's not worth it. That's true. That's true. And the listeners too, because I know we have listeners from, from several different generations. So yes. whether you're Gen X or, um, or younger or older, let us know. Like we'll be sure to put that on our Instagram, on our social media. Yeah, we'll do a little poll. Yeah. Yeah. And let us know. I'm, I'm curious, like, were you a people pleaser and now you speak your mind? Because I find that a lot with women. I, I can't speak for men because I don't know if they struggle with this as much, but mm -hmm. um, women our age, I feel like a lot of us were people pleasers. And then now we're just like, I don't, I don't fucking care. You're going to hear my <laughs> side yeah. in my opinion, because I am too old to give a shit. So is it generational? Is it how you were raised? Is it whether you were taught from a younger age to, to set those boundaries or not? That's an interesting question. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. And I mean, okay, well, let's take me for an example. It, as vocal as I am, and we all know I'm fucking vocal. A um, little bit, a little bit. <laughs> I have a person in my life that says whatever the fuck she wants to say and has no regard whatsoever for what my situation is or how I feel about it. And huh. that that person speaks her mind without any apology whatsoever, even if she – I don't even – think she cares if she's offending me and I don't say anything for fear of rocking the boat because it's within a friend group. Do you think that she doesn't realize what she's saying or do you think she just does not care? I just think she just doesn't give a flying fuck. Wow. I, and then because I, you're all, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I honestly, I've thought about it. Like when, when she said things, that has been so like literally taken me back. Like I was like, Oh, what? I've put a lot of thought into it. And I think she really honestly just doesn't care what she says. And if you disagree with her, she's going to tell you you're fucking wrong. Oh, so she's got ego issues. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. She has, mega I I'm right all the fucking time syndrome mm. and I honestly well we'll we'll get into we'll get into why I don't speak up later I I think in this episode I think I figured out why I don't huh just thinking about this um, okay yeah I, I I think it's definitely going to come to a head soon because she says one more outrageous thing to me I I don't think I can keep my mouth shut, but yeah, nor but, should you, because you've really been very patient with a lot of shit that she said. And as have you, know, you. 
I mean, let's be honest. She's, she, she has said some bullshit in front of you. And I feel, I feel terrible in that moment that I didn't take up for you because I'm going to be honest. It was racist. Oh yeah. It was, it was incredibly racist. And I would have said something if she had any place in my life, Mm -hmm. but she doesn't. So, you know, you know, you got to pick your battles sometimes. And so I was like, well, whatever, I'm not even going to address this. I I do address the, um, you know, the racial issue a lot, having biracial children. So if I hear shit, then I have to bring it up. Right. But, uh, but that moment with her, it just wasn't worth it. (laughs) And, and I, I think, I think the reason why it stuck with me so much is that because I am the link between y'all and I feel like I should have said something because it was, it was such a shitty racist thing to say. Like, I I feel like I regret not speaking up and going, whoa, you know, and, and putting her in her place right then and there. So I do, I do apologize for that. Like I actually think about that sometimes about how that was a, a perfect moment for me to, to, you know, stand my, you know, stand up. But I think it's because we were both just so fucking shocked by it. (laughs) Like, did she just say that? Yeah. (laughs) Cause I mean, I think you and I both were just like, what, what is happening? Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and I appreciate that you feel like that, but I honestly, especially when it comes to, you know, those racial issues, I dealt with them a lot being married to a person of color and, I'm not afraid to stand up to that when necessary. And I have done so several times throughout my life. But I also realize when it's someone that I don't necessarily give a shit if they, like I I said, just, you know, you have to, you have to learn when to pick your battles. And I just didn't feel like that was a battle worth, worth picking. So do not feel bad because I also could have said something, but just decided it wasn't worth it. Okay. Well, I, I still feel bad, but <laughs> I can't take that away from you. But I'm, I was, I'm not trying to, but. but I was so shocked in the moment. Like I, it was one of those moments where I was just, I think shocked. we all were like, did that really just come out of your yeah. mouth? What the hell is going on here? Yeah. I, I, I think there's a lot of, I think with people who just say whatever the fuck they want to say and don't have any regard for anyone around them, I think, I think they're so insecure. If you notice, if you really think about these people, they kind of lead the friend group. They, if you really dissect it, they're the most vocal out of the friend group. And if you really dissect it and look at them, they're also the one with the most insecurities. They're the ones oh, that, absolutely. yeah, they're, they're the ones that they wouldn't be, it, it's kind of like the school bully, like way back in the day. It's kind of like the school bully. Like we all know the school bully and we all know that, that if you peel back the, the layers of that onion, there's a lot more going on in that child's head than just, oh, I'm going to go to school and bully some, some kids that aren't like me. Like, there's some home issues. There's some inner struggles. There's some insecurities. There's, I mean, we, we've seen it time and time again. You know, we, we can all look back at our school bully and we, we can, we know that there was more going on. Um, oh, that doesn't make it right, but no. 
I see similarities in those in those type of people who are adults where they just are filterless assholes. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think that expression that is probably overused, but rightfully so that hurt people hurt people yeah. is so valid because when you are a whole healed self-aware individual, you have the awareness and the empathy for the people around you to not say stupid shit. Yeah. And not even, and, and even deeper than that, to not even have to think it. Like you just don't think on that level when you don't have that kind of angst in your own life. And so when you do, you know, when you hear that from other people, it's like, oh, okay. So, so you're insecure and you have shit going on and this is how it's coming out. Gotcha. In this particular situation, it's not just with one person of the friend group. Like she's this way with everyone in the friend group, whether it's male or female, she's just an mm -hmm. asshole to everyone. And it, we, you know, no matter what we do, we all kind of walk on eggshells when she's around. But it's funny because out of the seven or eight of us in the friend group, no one's fucking brave enough. And I, I include myself here to stand up to this one little short fucking tyrant. Like, why are the men and women of this friend group not brave enough to stand up? And, you know, that that got me thinking, like, yeah, I'm pissed off at her. And, and especially for something recently that she said, but mm -hmm. why am I not brave enough to say anything? And then I look back over instances, like, you know, there was an instance where someone actually changed clothes in their own house because this person told them they weren't dressed appropriately in their own fucking house. In their own house. Yeah. yeah. And this person changed clothes to make this person feel better. This, this, uh -uh. this evil little friend. And why didn't that, why don't we stand up to these people? Have you had someone like this in your life, Cheryl? Um, you know, I, I don't, think so not that i can think of not maybe when i was younger but um i i obviously was married to a person like that for, right for a couple decades and i think that i was so emotionally depleted from from that that i just didn't have anyone else around me with that kind of energy because I was just already so exhausted from what I was dealing with at home. But I definitely dealt with it on a daily basis for, you know, 20 plus years at home and didn't stand up for myself and didn't stand up for my kids several times when I should have. And it's just, uh, it, it's a combination, I think, of not wanting to make things worse because you know, who wants to be the one who starts the argument. Right. And, and just like, I don't know, sometimes it just feels easier to stay quiet, but that doesn't make it okay. I mean, it's obviously not okay to stay quiet. We need to be comfortable with, with speaking our mind, but <clears throat> I, I would, I would even, it, you actually bring up a good topic because you, you kind of, you kind of um, segued into we do the same thing in our relationships. Oh, and, yeah. And 
you mentioned while we were planning this call that we teach, you know, we, we kind of, without even knowing it, we teach someone how they are allowed to treat us. And a hundred percent from the first interaction. Yeah. Whether it's a friendship or a relationship over time, that person is just going to come, you know, repeat how they treat us because we've never stood up for ourselves and you can stand up for yourself respectfully. If that person decides not to be in your life because you've respectfully stood up for yourself, then that person doesn't deserve to be in your life. Absolutely. So, but, but I mean, even in brand new relationships, I, I look back and I think, and I'm not, I'm not saying you're to blame for, or anyone, you know, myself, anybody's to blame for abusive behavior, but if we're not brave enough to stand up for ourselves in the beginning of a relationship, what on earth makes us think that five, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, that it's going to be any different or get any better? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that, that's definitely not something that I had my head wrapped around. You know, when I got married, I was 23 years old and and just not emotionally mature enough by any way, shape or form to understand what I was doing. But in my head at that time, if I didn't rock the boat, then I was keeping everybody happy. And I felt like that was the right thing to do. But now I'm older and wiser. And now I know like, I can look back and see a thousand different instances where I should have stood up for myself. I'm not saying that that would have caused any change because narcissism is different than, you know, a a normal relationship or a normal friendship or whatever, but I should have still tried. And I can see that now. I don't beat myself up about that because I was young and I didn't know anybody, but now I know that now I know what boundaries are. And now I know that to respect myself, if I need to say something, I will say something. And if I need to tell someone they upset me, I will tell them. And if I need to tell them they're being shitty, then I will tell them that too. And if they can't handle it, then that's a problem within themselves. Because like you were saying about your friend earlier, that's an ego problem or, a, a you know, whatever, wherever it stems from, that's not a healthy individual. If they can't look at their own behavior and be like, oh shit, sorry, I did not mean to offend you. I did not mean to say something in a shitty way. And, but now I can see that. I definitely did not see that when I was uh, younger. So I, I spent, you know, 20 plus years being a people pleaser all the way around. And I think that's why I don't necessarily have any friends like that because I, attracted more docile people in my life, right. if that makes sense. No, I, it, that, that does make sense. And I mean, I've, I think cause I've moved around so much um, in my adult life that I was constantly having new friend groups. So I was mm-hmm. exposed to way more, um, you know, it, different types of individuals, I, w- I should say. And my yeah. friend group was always changing. You know, the the eight or nine years that we lived in Michigan, that was probably the longest that I had a friend group. Um, and we didn't really have anyone in the friend group that was like that, unless I'm that person and I'm just sitting here being an asshole. <laughs> no, we didn't. We didn't. If, you, if 
if you're if you don't recognize anyone in your friend group, then you might be that person. <laughs> <laughs> Call one eight hundred. Holy fuck, it's me. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't think I was an asshole to people on purpose. Like I was always afraid of offending people. And now yeah. if you if you push my buttons, I, I didn't care. I'm right. definitely one of those that if if you start something with me or if if you piss me off, then yeah, I, I don't care. But I'm not just the person just to offend you because I hate conflict. So mm-hmm. I I actually conflict makes me very uncomfortable. And I know that's hard to believe, but it, it is very true. And so no, it is true. I know that about you. Yeah. And so I, I will actually avoid conflict. I'll find a way to have the conversation in, in a way that that makes us both comfortable. But if there is a limit, like I, there is a sw- switch. And once that switch is flipped, whether it's your fault or just kind of my environment, you know what? Like with, with us, it was what I was going through. Um, mm-hmm. in my divorce, I, I'm not an asshole on purpose. And what we're talking about are people that are just like, they just don't care. They, they claim they love their friends, but they, or, or if you're in a relationship, they claim they love you, but they'll say really shitty things to you without any con- like fear of consequences. Like they have no fear in saying it. Yeah. <laughs> And, and that's the kind of people that we're talking about. And you brought up an interesting thing about boundaries. I think boundaries is definitely a learned behavior or a learned um, technique because we don't, you're, you just don't inherently know how to set up boundaries. And no. sometimes you even fear setting up boundaries. And that's kind of the thing that, that I wanted to talk about um, is Number one, why we don't set up boundaries. Number two is talking about, okay, so we established that it's fear. What's the worst that can happen? You know, that type of thing. And then Uh maybe get into how, Uh, you know, maybe what we've done. Um, You know, we're not experts, but we've damn lived, you know, lived a damn good life and long life. And we've experienced many things and we've had to set healthy boundaries yeah with various people so we definitely have something to share oh yeah for sure for sure i think mine came out of of necessity and a huge learning curve because i definitely as i said before didn't even well first of all it's also a kind of a buzzword right now that wasn't necessarily talked about so much when we were younger, you know, right. the idea of I never boundaries. heard fucking boundaries. No, no. I never heard and, that out of my mom's mouth or any of the uh-uh. adults I was around. No, no. And again, everybody's different, but I in particular was raised to, you know, don't, don't rock the boat. Don't, um, don't tip don't. the boat over. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> rock the boat. Don't rock the boat, baby. <laughs> So please get us going on the music. I love it. But it it was just more of like, I remember there was a, and I know my mom was just a product of her own raising, but there, I very clearly remember I was 18 years old. We were at a family function and um, one of my cousins had married a guy who was half black. 
holy shit, you don't do that in a in a southern family. Yeah. So it was the talk of the um, well back then. Back yeah, then, back then. You, yeah, back, back then, then you right. definitely was, didn't. This was the the late eighties. You know, yep, so right. We, we weren't doing that at that time, and I was raised. My parents moved us out of small town and into a bigger town. So I was raised around all kinds of different people. So I just didn't, I didn't get the big deal. I was like, what the, why is this such a topic? And so I wanted to probe. I wanted to, you know, and my mom was like, no, don't do this right now. (laughs) And I understand why, like she was also raised just, you know, sometimes you just need to sit there and not rock the boat. And so I, I, I started to say something and she told me not to. And so I didn't. And I think that was a lot of my friends that I can think back on. You know, we were just taught, especially as females, not to vocalize what we were thinking. Mm -hmm. And so I, I learned at a very young age to be a people pleaser, to keep people happy, to make people smile. And, and, uh, I think going into my marriage, I definitely thought my job was just to to do whatever it took to make him happy and yeah, keep uh, the peace. Yeah, keep the peace, make him happy. You know, do do my job, be a good wife. And so I didn't ever think about boundaries. So by the time I even learned that they were a thing that I, that I could actually set them. I was, you know, it was way too late. I, I had already established what I would and would not accept in my marriage. And so I didn't really learn about them until, um, you know, till I got divorced, to be honest. So I was in my mid (laughs) forties before I even had a conversation with myself about, okay, what, what are these boundaries that I keep hearing about and how do I have them? you know, and so I, I think I didn't set them because I just, I didn't even know what they were or I, I had no freaking idea. And you had to, no example. You had no example right. to, to go by. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't fault my mom at all. No, I know she, yeah. she's just a product of her raising and her mom was a product of her raising, but it was very much a, you know, just don't, don't vocalize just sometimes you just got to be quiet and yeah and you know that people pleasing behavior that a lot of us learn yes you know there's a trend saying that you know gen xers are outspoken and that we're assholes and stuff but a lot of them don't understand that gen xers like we really we really didn't have like like an innate racist thing built it like we were all friends with everyone and we we actually our generation actually fought the boomer generation because the boom i mean we were raised by the boomers i mean kids think they have it bad now y'all yeah please you ought to have been raised by a boomer we had to break so many cycles generational generational cycles that just and I mean, these were ingrained for decades, if not centuries, some of them. Right. I mean, and we had to like really, really work hard to break that shit so that, you know, when we started having kids, we could, we had to stand up and say, no, I'm raising my kids differently. And mm-hmm. I mean, we it, 
Gen X's get a, a bad rap, but we really put a lot of work into kind of breaking all these generational curses. I think we were really the first generation to do it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we were, I personally, I can't speak for everybody. And well, I could speak for me and my friends that I grew up with. We were not allowed to voice our opinions. No. If we talked like if we voiced our opinions to our parents, we were mouthing off. And if yes. we were mouthing off, we were getting our shit. Like uh, we were going to get spanked. We were going to get grounded. We yeah. were going to whatever, you know, you did not mouth off to your parents. And, and that includes so, standing up for what you believe in because that, oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, that was considered aggressive behavior. That was, yeah. It didn't matter it's, that you truly believed in that you were being right. Disrespectful. Disrespectful, especially if your parents didn't believe in the same thing. And like you said, we're coming off of parents who, um, you know, they went through a lot of change, most of them in their lives also. Yes. And watching civil rights and all of that happen. So it, it was a big learning curve. And so we weren't allowed to say shit. I mean, you hear it all the time with, um, you know, with us watching people parent these younger kids like holy shit my dad would have kicked my ass yeah you know people the way kids voice their opinions to their parents these days is polar opposite of what we were allowed to do we were not allowed to say anything we were supposed to keep them happy and so i think a lot of us learned from that that our job was to keep the peace yes yeah i in my case because of the very tumultuous childhood that i had i was i learned from a very young age that i was just always around outspoken volatile people there was always someone in my life that was outrageous and outspoken and you didn't rock the boat for fear of that person exploding you didn't, you didn't rock the boat out of fear. And so for me personally, I never set boundaries because what well, basically my boundary was just don't rock you. Like you said, don't rock the boat to keep the peace. Right. Because I, I was, and I know that's why I do what I do with this friend because there's really no reason on earth. I need to be friends with this person anymore. Like there's not, but I still, right. I still tolerate really shitty behavior and really shitty comments that yeah. I wouldn't say to her. I wouldn't dare say some of the things to her. In no. fact, I'm careful if I know something's near and dear to her heart, even if I don't believe in it and I don't support it, I won't speak ill of that thing because I know it is near and dear to her heart because that's what a respectful person does. But I also know that whenever she does offend me, I don't speak out out of the fear of rocking the boat. I am yeah. so, I, it is so still programmed into me not to, not to set a volatile person off. And I know once I speak up that that friendship will be dead. I know permanently, no coming back from it dead because with the things, especially recently that were said, Mm -hmm. I know oh, yeah, that was heavy duty. Yeah. I know that once I break 
that seal, I will say things that I cannot come back from. And I will, it, it, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be extremely ugly. And I will not be able to fix that thing, um, that friendship. So maybe that's the reason why I haven't yet. I'm, I'm unsure because I'm kind of disappointed in myself that I allowed what was said last time to be said. But mm-hmm. I, I definitely think that the next time we have an encounter, if if things, I, I I think that if one more thing ugly thing is said, I I think I think that'll be the snap for me. Um, but and, and I think it has to be because ultimately, <clears throat> what what's the worst that can happen? Either so the worst is you lose that friend, but if you do, then I mean, what kind why of side I, is? Why am I fighting for that friend? Well, yeah, if if she can't handle your feelings and your honesty, then why would you fight for her? Exactly. Yeah. Like the the ideal situation is maybe she gets mad, she takes some time and then she's like, you know, maybe she talks it over with a few people and hopefully those people are like, well, yeah, you were wrong. And then she can be mature enough to come back to you and say, "Okay, I was wrong. I'm sorry. I overreacted and I snapped at you when you told me your feelings, but ultimately I realized I was being a shithead. And so that's best case scenario. Worst case scenario is you lose her from your life, but I mean, ultimately, what am I I gaining from it right now? Right. Ultimately you're standing your ground. You're respecting yourself by saying, you know, you can't talk about that in front of me. And that, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And if you lose her because of that, then that's on her. That is her job to heal that. And you did what you could. And it'll suck. Of course it'll suck. But at the same time, it won't suck as much as you having to live with yourself, not standing up for yourself, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah. what was said last time affects people that I love. Right. It, absolutely. Yeah. And your family. I mean, yeah. you can't. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, but you can't. I, I'll be honest with you, Cheryl. It, especially as deep and, and harmful as what was said last time. Um, it's not going to be that she's going to take a couple of days and, and say, well, she was just you know standing up for herself. Mm-hmm. We both know me. We both know that, that once when you're, when you're, when we're talking about things this bad, like I, this will be, it, it won't be repairable because I'm going to lose my shit. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say things that, like I said, I, I can't come back from. And I, I will, I will not expect her to be able to come back from because I, I know me, um, especially if she pushes it. I can start the respectful conversation, but I, I am still not a person that is in control of my anger to the point where once I, once I break that seal, I, it's, it's not repairable, <laughs> maybe in a couple of years, <laughs> but I, something that, and I know the listeners will be like, Oh my God, why'd she say you're driving me crazy? But, <laughs> <laughs> but <clears throat> it was, I mean, just the racist shit to to Cheryl alone was was bad enough. But yeah. but 
you know, when we're also talking about things that, that um, is bad enough that I don't think anybody could, could, I'm really disappointed in myself for not shutting it down right now. But that's the reason why she got off the phone so fast is because she knew she knew. I think she, she knew. I think she knew yeah. she, she got fucked up. And that's the reason why she got off the phone so fast. I think so. And so hopefully she's marinated in that for a while. And then when you do have to bring it up, she will be ready with a, yeah, I realized that I fucked up with that. And it'll be a constructive conversation. I mean, real friends, if we reflect on our friendship, real friends can have hard conversations yeah, and disagree and come back from it. Yeah. We have done it, you and I, more than once. Yes. And we will probably do it again in our future. There are... Uh, when you have a true friendship, there are things that are going to be hard to talk about, but you have to have that safe space. You have to be able to, uh, and this is friendship, relationship, any, any kind of, you know, person that's in your life, family, friend, whatever it is, you have to have that safe space to be able to speak your truth. And if you can't, then is it worth having that person in your life? Because if they cause you more stress than they do bring, uh, than they bring anything positive to you, then what the fuck's the, you know, like why? Yeah. Just because they've always been there. Like that's not a good enough reason. No, that that's just, that that's just not rocking the boat out of comfort or exactly. You know, exactly. I, I, I want to say comfortable. Well, you're not comfortable when that person says shit. Right. No one is taking your feelings into consideration and, and Cheryl and I aren't out here trying to make people, you know, be these filterless vocal people. We're just trying to say that start being the person that gives a shit about yourself enough to, from the very beginning, like I shouldn't even be in this point with this friend. If I had in the very beginning said, I, you know, with all due respect, I would appreciate it if you wouldn't speak like that in front of me. Right. Because I have a family member that's like that, or I have that applies to a family member, or that applies to how my feelings, you know, or whatever reason. Whatever. If, if yeah. I had, if I had respected myself enough to stand up to this person from the very beginning, I wouldn't be in the fucking position I'm in now. Because, right. because over time, over the years, she would have learned, been forced to respect my position or else I would have spoken up every single time. And she would eventually, maybe she would have been like, I don't want to deal with it. So I'm just going to keep my mouth shut, which is fine too. Which is well, fine yeah, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and I, I think that is the number one thing that I learned when finally understanding what boundaries are and how to set them is it's, Ultimately, in the end, it's not about the other person because they might stay in your life. They might not stay in your life. Who knows what the fuck's going to happen? Ultimately, boundaries are so that you can look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? I did what was right and it worked out how it worked out, but I did not disappoint myself. Yeah. And I think that's what's so important about boundaries is you you know yourself enough to know that you're protecting 
what's important to you. And yes. If, you know, if someone else can hang with it, they can hang with it. And if they can't, then that's on them. They have issues that they need to deal with. But at the end of the day, you have to live with yourself and you have to love yourself enough to be able to say, nope, this is not okay. Yeah. And it's just like I was telling you earlier about a, a friend of mine who um, we got into a, a pretty lengthy conversation about some stuff we had dated in the past and um, and had gotten into some conversation about that. And he said, uh, he said, well, the most important thing is I just don't want to hurt you. And I said, well, that's the great thing about the healing I've done is you can't. And he laughed. And I'm like, no, like, I'm serious. <laughs> you, you can't hurt me because I won't let you. Yeah. And he didn't understand that. And I, I said, no, seriously, I, I have healed enough to the point that you can pretty much do whatever, say whatever. I know who I am and I know what I expect out of the people in my life. And so if I see that they're, you're not able to give that to me, then I can set that boundary and feel safe and secure in knowing that I stood my ground. If I lose you, then it fucking sucks, but you won't hurt me. Yeah. But that if I lose you, then that's just proving to me that you didn't belong in my life in the first place. Right. Fully agree with that. Yeah. And but <clears throat> you had mentioned while we were talking that, um, how you had said something about how people there's a trend where, you know, people are like, I love older women because they just say what they want to say or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I think going into, um, you know, we've talked in, in prior episodes that I get to be on the dating apps since I'm single these <laughs> days. So on, on the dating apps, I, I speak to a, a, a range of guys, you know, from, probably like mid thirties up closer to my age and the mid thirties guys always say, you know, yeah, I just am attracted to older women because they speak their mind and they're not afraid to say what they want. And, and I see a lot of truth in that because I think at our age, especially if we're still single, <laughs> we've been through enough, you know, where most of us, if we're single have been divorced, not all of us, but a lot of us. And we've just learned, we've learned the hard way that in some way, shape or form, we didn't set our boundaries and we didn't say what we wanted. And so now it's like, oh, fuck it. You're going to hear it. Yeah, I know exactly what I want. I'm going to state it, <laughs> whether you want to hear it or not. And if you can't handle it, then you're not my person. Sorry. Right. It, that reminded me of, I was telling you that there's a TikTok that I saw and it's from, it's from like a, a I think it was a, if I'm not mistaken, it was a physician who specializes in, you know, hormone balance. And uh -huh. we need more talk about that. So, so I want to preface this with, I'm not bashing the hormone imbalance talk because thank God we're speaking about it so that those of us who are, you know, experiencing menopause and suffering from the symptoms of menopause, we now mm -hmm. have, you know, alternatives and we now have that conversation out there and doctors are actually paying fucking attention to what women go through at, you know, at, at this age, but the, the, it went viral. And she was saying that, um, basically she was saying that, um, older women speak their mind more. And she said, no, it's that you have a hormone imbalance and that hormone imbalance re 
chemically removes your filters and therefore you speak your mind. I Oh, you sent that to me. I yeah, remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually disagree with that. I understand the science behind it and I'm not disregarding uh -huh. the science behind it, but I think the sentiment behind that, it belittles what we've gone through. And I, I don't agree with that. I think yeah. older women speak their mind because just like you said, we've gone through so much and we've experienced so much that we're just fucking tired and we're done with the bullshit. And we right. understand what it was like when we didn't speak our mind before and we got railroaded or we got into a relationship that we didn't want to be in, or we ended up with a friend that treated us like shit for a decade. And, yeah. and we're like, I'm not doing that anymore. It's just like you said, I'm not doing that anymore. I I've healed enough that I'm not going to let you hurt me. And so me speaking my mind and you speaking your mind and us standing up for ourselves and, and respecting ourselves enough to say, no, you're, you're not capable of hurting me. That isn't a hormone imbalance. No, no, I, I disagree with that also. And I'm, I'm sure that there's lots of science that can be pushed behind that. Just like, I mean, it's just like when we're premenstrual, we get a little moody, you know, like there yeah. obviously is a tie to our mood with our hormones, but that doesn't mean that that's how we learn to set boundaries and to stand up for ourselves. So I, I definitely just disagree with yeah, that. Yeah. I, I think, I think the science behind it is one thing, but the sentiment actually is a bit harmful because then, yeah. then it makes us feel like, Oh, well now we're just filterless, you know, older women that um, need our hormones in check in order for us to be nice people. It's standing up for yourself is not being mean. Standing up for right. yourself is being respectful to yourself. And if you look back over your life, you can always find in instances where you probably should have done it a bit more. But for all the reasons that we mentioned in this episode, you didn't out of mm -hmm. fear of rocking the boat, out of fear of someone exploding, out of fear of losing someone. I mean, there's a million reasons why. And, and that's where that, okay, you've got to ask yourself, what is the worst case scenario here? And I understand we're going to separate abusive relationship right now because the fear of abuse yeah, that's is, 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 a, is a real thing. But it, like in my instance, the worst thing that can happen is this friend will never speak to me again. And I am now at the point where I'm fucking okay with that because if I have to be on one more phone conversation or one more, you know, friend group hangout and this person just says whatever the hell she wants to say and offends everyone in the room, why am I putting myself through that? Exactly. Like exactly because you know I think one of the biggest boundaries that we learn to set regardless of when we learn to set it in our lives is to protect our own energy. And if you're continuously giving your energy, not you, but you as in people in general, <laughs> if, if we are continuously giving our energy to people who just are energy vampires, then ultimately at the end of the day, that's on us. And we yeah. have to be able to say, you know what? No, no more. I cannot do this anymore. It's not conducive to, my own well-being and so i might lose you as a friend if you can't handle that but it is what it is yeah. i need to be able to sleep at night you know yeah right let's, let's 
err on the side of science and say it is. Even if it is, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to be able to speak your mind and to be able to look at someone and say, that was shitty and you can't do that to me again. Like there is no bad in that. And if you want to blame it on my hormones, I mean, whatever. But at the end of the day, that's just healthy human behavior. A hundred percent. I mean, men get to do that at all times and no one says anything to them. Right. Nobody's like, oh, are you PMSing? Oh, what's wrong? Why are you acting so bitchy? Are you premenopausal? Yeah. Yeah. They they just get to say like, dude, that was an asshole thing to say. And nobody questions them for saying that. So why can't we? Right. It means we have more testosterone at the moment Then okay. Yeah. Cool with that. Blame it on what you want to blame it on. I should be able to tell a female friend when they're being an asshole, hey, that's an asshole thing to say. And that not run our friendship and end our friendship for life. But right. that's not how we are as females. And so if you're going to come at me with this filterless friendship, I mean, it's been a few years. I'm going to, I, I, I'm now at the point I've let it go on so much that I've now let her say things that she can't come back from. And that's right. I, I'm going to take responsibility in that. And I, I should have set boundaries, healthy boundaries with her from the very beginning. Because now we're at a point where I can't unhear what's been said. Right. And uh, I mean, you can. And I can't unsay what's going to be said. <laughs> no, nor should you. And yeah. and you can take responsibility if you feel like you need to. But really, at the end of the day, it is on her. I mean, most people can, like we said earlier in the episode, can know their audience and be like, oh, you know what? Vina went through this. I really should not, not be, you know, talking about it in such a nonchalant way like this. Right. You have to know your audience and know. And if you do have conflicting opinions, then maybe it's just not the time to let them out. But uh, I have to ask Cheryl. This is a, this is something that has always sat on my mind. Weighed, okay. weighed heavy on my mind. With that in mind, what you just said in mind, how many times have we known family members where, like, for instance, you marry into a family and they say, oh, yeah, that's my sister or that's my aunt. Like, she's a raging bitch, but that's just Uh who she is. Well, I'm sorry. No, that's because no one has ever spoken up to that person. I don't, I don't buy into that. Well, that's just who they are. They're just a a terrible person. If, if the family is agreeing with that, why haven't you as the family said, aunt, sister, cousin, dad, mom, whoever, you, you don't get to be a raging bitch every time we're together. And you especially don't get to be a raging bitch to the person that I'm bringing into the family. Oh yeah, exactly. I, you should start speaking up 100% to the raging bitch of the family, whether that's male or female, because that person is being allowed to behave that way. And it's because they know they can, it, it, no one ever speaks up. And I've actually said this um, to, in many circumstances where I've, I've said, when someone said, oh, well, that's just, you know, that particular family member. Well, why? 
why is it that particular family member? Why has it your family ever fixed that or, or address that? I don't know. We just don't, we just, okay, well then you accept responsibility for the fact that that person's been allowed to behave that way for decades. Right. No, I I absolutely had that issue with my ex-mother-in-law. Everybody just accepted that she just said shitty things no matter what. And I stayed out of it until it came directly at me. And then I was like, oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) Interestingly, I guess because I was afraid to set boundaries with my ex-husband, I for some reason could set them with his mom. I don't know. I don't know how that makes sense psychologically, but, um, but then when, when she started attacking me, I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. You will not treat me like that in my own home or in your home or wherever. Yeah. Like it, yeah. if, if the rest of your family lets you act like that, then that's on them. But no, not me or my kids. Yeah. I, I'm glad that you were brave enough to do that. I had to step up to my ex mother-in-law as well and, and father-in-law and say, I mean, the first seven years was hell because I didn't because they were a family that didn't really fight. And I finally had to say, this has gone on for seven years because no one is speaking up. And so if I have to be the bad guy, then I'll be the bad guy. Yeah. And, And I'll tell them you, you don't get to behave that way in at all whenever we're present like you can be a raging piece of shit all you want to be but when me and my husband and my kids are present you do not get to behave that way or we won't be present right yeah go ahead you have to you have to you you know it's hard to do with um like you said earlier, when you're in an abusive situation, it, the rules are a little bit more skewed because you're you're under someone's control and then it becomes more difficult. But in a normal situation, you have to set those rules or mm-hmm. someone's just going to keep running you over and it sucks, but you, you have to do it, you know? Okay, well, let's address the, the abusive thing. What if, because we've both been in abusive relationships, what uh-huh. if, what if we had learned that and those relationships were starting and we had, it had been really drilled into us to respect ourselves, to not allow that kind of behavior around us. It, that was truly ingrained in us. Would mm-hmm. we have gone and lasted as long as we had? Would that had even had the opportunity to turn into a massively abusive relationship? I mean, I know that we can't necessarily give that answer, but uh-huh. knowing the person I was that went into that relationship and allowed what I allowed for so long and knowing what I know now, I can honestly say I wouldn't have stayed with them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've reflected on that too. And I, I can't, say how it would have affected my ex-husband's own behavior. No. But I can I can definitely say that I would have consequently been strong enough to leave earlier and not stay the full 22 years. Right. But because I I let it go on for so long, I just got weaker and weaker and weaker and ultimately, you know, just felt like I wasn't able to get out of the situation, but I, I do think I would have 
stayed for a less amount of time for sure. I think, I think that is something that we can instill in, and I'm going to say daughters and sons, because we, we know that men can be in abusive relationships as well. We've, Oh, absolutely. I, I know personally people who, who are, have experienced them, but I think if we in, ingrain that in our children and those that we influence those, those young people around us that we influence and, and even those that are, you know, maybe even starting over, start uh-huh. to help those around us to understand that boundaries are necessary. Respecting yourself is necessary. Being strong and it being okay for you to, in a respectful way, say, no, absolutely not. Like you did. I won't let you hurt me. Like, right. And, and understand that as bad as heartbreak sucks, if that person chooses not to be in your life, then that's a healthier choice for you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we can actually help people to, to, you know, kind of navigate and around and avoid abusive relationships by, by recognizing that in the very beginning of if that person, because let's be honest, uh, p- people who are prone to abuse, they're not going to, re- they're going to hate the fact that you are vocal in, in your boundaries. They're going to hate it. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and, th- and that's going to raise a red flag and you're going to know they're going to rear their head a lot earlier than they do. Oh man, I can smell those red flags from like the first text message yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if, and, if you and, had been the strong woman you are now back then, I mean, he would have, he would have shown his cards a lot sooner. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would have understood it for what it is. I wouldn't have thought that it was my fault and that I was not being a good wife. And, you know, I I would have been able to look at it and say, you're broken and you're unwilling to get help and I'm not going to sit around for it. But, you know, it didn't work out like that. Right. But I was so cognizant of my situation as it went on. And I knew how weak I was that I made sure to raise my daughters to not be that weak. And then interestingly, after my divorce, I learned how to set boundaries through them, which is kind of bass backwards in a way, but I had raised them to be strong enough that observing them and how they handled things taught me how to set boundaries within my own life. I, yes, it's bass backwards, but at the same time, I, I did this because it happened to me as well. Um, my kids actually showed me how to be strong. I, I think it's a beautiful thing. I mean, the thing is we raised them to be strong, even when we weren't capable of it ourselves. And so those values and, you know, beliefs and, and, strengths within them hell yeah we can learn from them it as oh yeah as i think that's okay it it is bass backwards in societal views but at the same time i mean maybe it was sometimes I, i don't i don't believe that i don't believe that that things just you know randomly happen i i think that there's I think that there's always a a course. I think everything, every energy is on a course. And sometimes we, you know, are, 
affected by that course. And I think the way we raise our kids, it was always going to come back and help us yeah. as, as parents, because we didn't have that opportunity. Not that we had bad parents by any means, but it's like we said, they were a product of their own environment. And yeah. back then in the, you know, what forties and fifties, you know, people got a little bit stronger. And then in the sixties, it got a little bit better. And then the seventies, it got a little bit, but up until, you know, I would say what eighties, nineties, uh-huh. that early to no, maybe nineties, two thousands is when women, and cause I, I wouldn't even say the eighties, 80, I would say nineties and two thousands is when women really, really took off and said, you know, fuck no. Right. Yeah. Fuck no. And, and even then it it took forever to truly catch on. I mean, we're in 20, almost 2023 now. And we're getting there. We're getting, we're, (laughs) we're so much further, so much further. And it, it, it actually, I, I disagree with people saying, you know, that, that as women, we haven't come very far. That's not true at all. Like Mm-mm. if you, someone who says that hasn't lived to experience what it was like back in the, you know, in the day. Right. Because right. We, they might just be speaking from like a younger point of view, maybe in the last <laughs> 10 years or something. But if right. you're able to look at it from, you know, 30, 40 plus years, then you can see the trajectory of how much we've, we've grown for sure. Oh yeah. Like, young girls can be a hell of a lot more vocal and strong and say whatever they want to say way more. Oh yeah. I mean, it was just unheard of back in our day. So, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. So we're, we're getting there little by little, little by little, by little. And I think the younger generation, understands boundaries in a way that we didn't. And I think that's huge because instead of having to learn it after they have a relationship where they didn't have any, they go into it with boundaries, which I I think they're going to learn so much from mistakes of our generation's relationships, you know, and I, I just, uh, I see a lot of more healthy relationships coming out of their generation. At least that's my right. hope. No, I, I fully agree. And I think it is because we are, you know, as, as I, I would say that Gen X parents and I don't know, everyone that I know is like this. I don't know about other people, but I would say that Gen X parents and our kids, like we tend to, we just talk about more openly about everything. Mm. For sure. Absolutely. And, and we just didn't do that with our parents. Like there was no way I would have talked to my parents the way that I talk with my daughters. Right. Right. And I, I think that's why we talk so openly with our daughters because we didn't, we know what we needed, but it wasn't necessarily the norm to talk like that to your kids in the eighties. So when we raised our kids, we were like, you know what? We really needed someone to talk to us about that. Of yeah. course, these guys also have the joy of just Googling whatever they need to Google. But also, they they need to know that it's okay to talk to to their 
moms or their parents or whomever about it also. Right. We, we tried yeah. to give our kids the things that we didn't have and tried to raise our kids in different ways, in the ways that we wish kind of we were raised. Yeah. Um, and that, that was a new thing as well. You know, yeah. it, did we get it right all the time? No, we are not perfect. And the next generation isn't going to get it perfect either because as parents, just because you're a parent raising human being doesn't mean that you're perfect. Like you're, you're still a human being with flaws and you're still going to fuck up at times, but we do little by little get better with each generation. As long as we don't allow setbacks, as long as we don't allow societal setbacks, we do improve with each generation. We just got to continue on that path. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And I, I think that's all we can hope. Like we, wanted to do spiritually, mentally, relationship wise, you know, whatever it was better than our parents, Yes. wherever we felt like our parents could have done a little better. We learned from that. And then we tried to instill that in our kids and they'll do the same. Like ultimately we're all just growing up and trying to do our best and they will continue the cycle. And yeah. then we just, you know, if we can just keep going half, uh, have to a step up at a time, then that's all we can ask. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and thankfully we're, we are raising kids with uh, a generation that understands and knows boundaries and, you know, hopefully they're setting those boundaries in healthy ways with their friends and new relationships and all of that. And, and, you know, I'll, I'll take a cue from them and I'll start doing that as well. Uh, you know, I'm going to have a very hard conversation in the very near future <laughs> Um, but it, it is a conversation that is well overdue because I didn't respect myself enough in the very beginning to say, you do not get to say those things around me and you do not get to behave in that way around me. You can behave however you want to when you're not around me. But in, if that is offensive to me, then yeah. we're going to have issues because I'm being respectful to you and I, I insist that you pay me that same respect as it should be. Well, we yeah. are going to look forward to a um, follow-up conversation to know what happened once that conversation does take place. Okay. Well, hopefully, hopefully it's not one of those where I go, Oh, well, we're never speaking again. <laughs> or where we have to do the next episode via collect call. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because you're, you're in the, uh, Dallas jail. I don't look good in orange. You're not in jail anymore. I'm, no, I'm saying I don't like I'm not I don't I'm not afraid of prison, but I don't look good in orange. So Oh, but it's the new black. I know, but my complexion is just not a an orange type of complexion. But yeah, I will I will definitely keep you posted and and I don't have high hopes, but who knows? Maybe she'll surprise me. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? I mean, you know, weirder things have happened. They so have. And we will see how it goes. And I will hope for the best. And if not, then, you know, maybe she's just going to lose a lot of friends before she gets her shit together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that is not my problem. And I can definitely live without her. I would like to keep her as a friend, but I'm, I'm definitely oh, going to sure. need to not have her say those type of things to me again. 
and I need to not allow those because that that's that's just harmful speech, and I need to. Oh speak yeah. Up. I need to speak up, speak up, and not allow harmful type speech around my presence. Because if I can make a difference and stand up um, for people who are being harmed that aren't there, then that's you know that's something that I should do. Right, and ultimately, you're just protecting your own energy, and that is important because whether we consciously know it or not, that shit eats at us and can affect you in various different ways. So yeah. if you protecting your energy pushes her away, then that just really indicates how much healing she has to do. And, you know, hopefully someday yeah. she does it. Yeah. I'm going to keep my opinions to myself on how much healing she has to do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this has been a very um, interesting and um, I would say just helpful topic overall. Like I, I feel like I even learned and things about myself and grew within this topic. Yeah, I, I feel like honestly, as far as setting boundaries, I feel like it's something that maybe there's people out there. I just don't know them, but maybe there's people out there that feel like they've nailed it and they're really good at it and they're experts. But from the people I know, at least in my life, I feel like it's a topic that we all can continue to work on. Yes. You know, even if we are comfortable setting boundaries, there's always room for improvement, always things to bounce off of each other. And so I, I think it's good to talk about, to continue to talk about because we, relationships are so important and communication is so important. And having boundaries about what you allow to be set in front of you should not be a deal breaker for any sort of relationship at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it it, it is, but it shouldn't be. But like, like we said, that's your sign that that person wasn't meant to be in your life anyway. Exactly. Exactly. That's just the universe saying, thank you. Next. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you soon, guys.